Okay. What's up, guys? This is your host, Greg Holroyd, and welcome to the Real Life Mind Reading and Magic Speaker Sessions. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Life Mind Reading and Magic Speaker Sessions podcast. I am your host, Greg Holroyd, and once again, a huge thank you for taking the time today to check out this podcast. Today's episode is Stories and Origins of the Deadly Weapons for Building Trust. So back in when we launched the Magic Speaker, we put together our first virtual training course, which was called Real Life Mind Reading for Building Trust in Relationships Within Business. And with this, we put together a PDF file, which included a section at the end called Deadly Weapons for Building Trust and Dealing with Areas of Sensitivity. So this all came about a few years ago, maybe 2016. I started documenting all of my ideas for magic, training, talks, workshops, everything. Like I I was I've got notepads all over the office. This particular document I found in one of my notebooks. It was originally called Icebreaking Weapons, funnily enough. I was very creative with names as you can tell. And the idea behind these notes, these were at the time only five points that we could or five different techniques we could use to spark up conversations which were taken from a bunch of different body language books. I never released these notes. And then at the start of the pandemic in 2019 in March, it was actually probably later than March, actually probably around about April time. I re-found these. I went through it all. I retouched it up. I added some parts in there, gave it a new name. And this is now part of my online webinar training. So this podcast is going to cover the original ideas, the stories, and the the origins, essentially, of where these nine amazing tools that you can use for building a trusting relationship. So for the first story, this is going to cut. This first story essentially created two of the points within this course. So the first point that we say in building the for the deadly weapons for building trust, it is let them know that there's an end. This is also known as the as known as establishing artificial time constraint in the behavior analyst world, and it relates to the most important currency in life, time. Let people know that there's going to be an end to the interaction. And when you start getting better at reading people's emotional cue, emotional cues, sorry, you'll know when to utilize these within your own conversations. So, you know, always remember, let them know there's an end. Examples of this, hi, Chris, can I borrow you for five minutes? Is it a good time to call Sarah? I have a quick question, what I think you'd be able to help me answer in less than three minutes, which would be a massive help for a client. There's different ways you can utilize this. This story was a massive influence for was letting go of your ego. Our ego and other people's ego plays a vital role when it comes to building trust with others. An extremely good rule to stick to is build other people up rather than yourself. The law of indirect effects will work here as as you build more people up and you accommodate for their egos, they in return are going to do the same for you. 
This can be a tough skill to develop. Trust me, I know this. People and human beings are naturally self-censors and we can find it hard to let go, go of our own ego, particularly if we believe in something. Does not mean we have to go around and start agreeing with everyone's opinions. The next technique within this book, which we'll go through in the podcast a little bit later on, will help you with dealing with conflicting opinions. We just sometimes have to bite our tongue and let go of our ego during these interactions if we wish to keep building a trusting and meaningful relationship with this person. It all comes down to whether it's going to be a win-win outcome. So these two principles came from the fact that basically every magician in the world performs a card trick called the ambitious card routine or the ACR. The idea of the ambitious card routine is a card is selected, the spectator signs the card and the card is put it back into the middle of the deck and then with like a wave of a hand or a movement or a snap of the fingers, the card has magically returned back to the top of the deck. And the idea behind this trick, you, you just do this over and over again. Goes in the middle, goes back to the top, goes in the middle, goes back to the top. You put it in the middle, cut the pack in half, leave it over there. Bam, it goes back to the top over there. Put the card back in the middle of the pack. Oh, and now it's in my mouth. Oh, we'll put a bend in the card, put it in the middle. It'll snap, the bend is on the top of the pack again. And as you can tell just by me explaining that trick for you right there, it got to a point where it felt like it was never going to end. And it got, I noticed during my wedding performances and some of my corporate performances early on, I was taking way too long with this performance. I was easy, there, there were times where I was easily spending 15 minutes on this one trick and it was just not necessary. When it comes to letting go in your own ego, I started realizing later on some of the language that I was using was actually quite egotistical. So one of the things I used to say all the time, oh, do you mind if I use you for this magic trick? Who likes being used? People don't like being used. So I started changing that and being like, sir, do you mind helping me out of this routine? Ma'am, do you mind helping me out with this? No, people don't like being used. However, people love helping others, as we'll discuss later. You know, I changed the words from I and me to we and us. I started including people within my performances. The next kind of thing that we came up with was validating thoughts and opinions. This was huge for me when it came to networking. And when it, we talk about validating others' thoughts and opinions, validating others can be done simply by taking the time to listen to another person. It is that simple. We all remember, we all seek to be seen, heard, and understood. A key thing to bear in mind is that we naturally connect with people who think like us, which is why validating and not agreeing with others' thoughts and opinions is such a powerful tool. The art of simply listening to what the other person has said, adding head nods to keep them engaged, and then validating different points of view that have just been made to show that you have understood where they're coming from is massively beneficial. We can do this by saying, I understand what you're saying here and here. However, here and here is where you lose me a little bit. I think our opinions differ here. Or you may up agreeing with the points so that validating process becomes even easier. The main point when doing this is to offer something of value for them to think about and not change their opinion entirely. The aim is for both parties to gain from the interaction. I've already used the example, I agree with you here. However, when we come into this territory, I think our opinions differ slightly. 
And like I said, this has become huge for me, especially when I started business networking, taking the time to listen to people. And then when I started reading the behavior analysts and the body language books, that's when things started getting way more interesting for me. Cold reading. And when I started cold reading, this was mainly for my, this was mainly for my star sign divinations and things of that nature the closest things at the times i used to perform that was real mind reading and i noticed when i was doing cold reading and hot reading things of that nature is when we pause in mind reading and silence pauses and silence are your friend if a person speaks for a while and they feel like they've been speaking for an awful long time. You'll see this all the time when you go to networking meetings. They, they're talking about their business. They're talking about their brand. They're talking about their kids. And then they have a moment where they're kind of looking around. And it's like, oh, holy crap, I've been talking for like 10 minutes. And you get that awkward pause. These are the moments where it's perfect to offer a little bit of information about yourself which is where this idea comes from, offering a little bit of information about yourself. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in conversations, been talking for ages during that long period. And they, what happens here is they just start to feel nervous or a little bit embarrassed that they've taken up so much time. Just throw in a little bit of information about yourself in there and you'll probably find after a sentence or two that person will go off again and start giving you more information, which is what it's all about. This is actually quite an interesting point to bring up because offering a little information about yourself, this originally came up for me when I started taking my pickpocket into events. So rather than going and meeting someone and immediately going into the pickpocketing routine, I would offer a little bit of information about myself, explain to them what I'm about. Hi, my name's Greg Holroyd. I'm a gentleman pickpocket. Oh, what's a gentleman pickpocket? Oh, well, essentially, I'm just a gentleman thief. It just means you get your stuff back. I essentially do all of these skills purely for entertainment and all of your items are returned. And just by having these simple conversations and giving little bits of information about myself and what I do, I can start building those trusting relationships with people. The next weapon that you can use when it comes to building trusting relationships is the art of giving gifts. Now, this goes back to the hunter mentality when hunters used to go out and if the hunter didn't get enough food and there was loads, there were certain hunters who had lots of food, the hunters who used to share the food would be okay. However, when there were other hunters who had lots of food and they wouldn't share their food, what would happen is over time, there might be a day where that hunter doesn't get a lot of food and because they didn't share before, people wouldn't share the food with them. And it's essentially the other hunter would share food essentially to keep them alive. In modern day, we can be a little bit more subtle with gift giving when it comes to building trust in relationships. And these can be broken down into materialistic and non-materialistic. Materialistic gifts could be stuff like giving someone a pen, a pair of scissors, key cards to get into a room, all these different materialist ideas, these are gifts. And then you've got non-materialistic, your time, your advice, expertise, all this good stuff that can actually given to someone to help them move forward. I could give someone a physical map of the workplace when they come into a room or a building. And or the other way I could do this is I can physically take them to the room they're looking for. Say someone comes into the venue and they're looking for the bathroom. 
rather than me giving them a map, that would be a materialistic gift. I could actually give them my time and show them where the bathroom is. That would be a non-materialistic gift. And these are both gifts and should always be given with no expectation for anything in return. Because the moment you start giving things out and you're expecting things in return, that's when you're messing with the building trust in relationship formula. Now, for years, as a professional magician, I've been going around and giving people amazing experiences with my magic and performances for years. And I didn't even realize I was doing this for years. And you can go around and give advice, experiencing. You can give people access to your network, your expertise, help. Remember, these are all gifts, guys. Now, one of my favorite weapons that I wrote in this book was the third-party reference. This was something I was really working on during my years when I was working on what was called propless mentalism. And all propless mentalism is is simply the art of reading someone's mind without having anything written down. There's no props or anything like that. It is literally propless, and you're able to read their mind. It's largely based around suggestions that are around myself to force on the audience. So, for example, there are some forces that are 100%. What I was doing, I was using things that we could see or relate to in the environment as a way of suggesting different ideas to my audience. I then later on just essentially extending this to breaking the ice with people at networking meetings. So we don't, we no longer need a third party reference for trying to force an idea on someone. We could sit there and use a breakfast bar as a third party reference when meeting someone at a business networking meeting in the morning. That would be a way of going about with a third party reference there. We've already briefly gone through this, but I'm going to go through it again super quick. Managing expectations was a massive one for me. As managing expectations as a magician, one of the things I wanted to do early on, and I was quite immature thinking this early on, was I need wanted to learn how to manage people's expectations so I could show them, get them to have the best reactions when seeing my magic and the thing is whenever you meet a magician there's already certain expectations and over time I learned that rather than trying to manage my expectations to have people have the best reactions to magic I essentially just done it in such a way where we evolved the thinking to have people experience an amazing time rather than have the best reaction we just want our audience to experience an amazing time And for me, the way I go about that is I go out of my way and take my audience to a place of no expectation. And the reason for that is if we take people to a place of no expectation, they're more likely just to sit back, enjoy the experience and enjoy the ride. And it's super powerful when it comes to meeting new people. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much most of the points. We've got one last point in the playbook, which is just open, essentially asking open questions. Ask how, ask when, ask why. These are very simple reasons. These encourage people to share more information about themselves. And you should always go out of your way to answer these questions when they're asked to you because they are vital for building trusting relationships. 
So that's pretty much it. This has been my entire personal playbook when it comes to meeting new people. And getting to know people before performing magic has allowed me to achieve so much in my magic career. I'm so happy that I was able to put myself in a position where I could share these ideas and insights with you. I want to thank you guys so much again for taking the time to check this episode out. And next week, we will be moving on to how I became a gentleman pickpocket. Should be a super fun episode for you guys. and I look forward to seeing you then. So once again, guys, a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you do want to find out a little bit more about The Magic Speaker, do go and check out www.magicspeaker.co.uk. That is www.magicspeaker.co.uk. And don't forget to check out our social media pages, and we look forward to seeing all of you back next week.